I'm a big fan of the winter season. I, to my understanding, you are as well. Oh no, man! I hate it. It's the worst. I would rather. Oh, really? I would rather literally do anything than be outside or be in my house or be in a place where it's cold, which sucks because I've decided to live in Chicago for my entire life. I was gonna say, yeah, I, this is surprising to me. I'm a big fan of. I mean, as as I think. Listener, I want you to always understand that when I'm recording, I am snuggle up in a big blanket. Yeah, true, true. Um, I'm a fan of like the snow falling and, and being all cozied up inside. I mean, it's, you know, um, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's clever, yeah. It is, it is. You were the one who I created that song, that right? right? You were the one? What's that? You were the yeah, one who I made wrote that, that song. Yeah. Yeah, just sort of, yeah. I get royalties every, uh, every year time. and it's yeah. pretty sweet. But Pennies on the dollar. Yeah, that's more than that, but I'll, I'll I'll disclose that that my financial information regarding my song "Let It Snow" by Bryn Crosby <laughs> uh, off air. But uh, I I shoveled the driveway yesterday, and that is when I started to realize like maybe I don't love it. <laughs> maybe I don't love the snow so much because uh, I also don't have like great pants for it. You yeah. know, like like you know if I'm gonna go outside. I'm, I'm wearing jeans, right? Yep. Uh, jeans, which have turned into skinny jeans based on the you know <laughs> the, old, the old COVID weight gain, uh, are not conducive to shoveling snow. So I wore sweatpants, which just turned into a wet mess. Mm. I mean, it was just really, really nothing. That said, I'm still a fan of the season. I mean, if you pair jeans with sweatpants, with if you have like currently, I'm wearing those little like ripoff pants. Mm, 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 mm. then you're set you're golden you're perfect that's fair that's fair uh as a kid i i remember not loving having to wear like snow pants if i was going to go outside uh just because i didn't like having so many layers and, yep. and i didn't like them all like touching me and whatever uh because i was really sensitive to that sort of stuff but i had this moment <laughs> where i was gonna shovel the driveway and i was like great where are my snow pants and then i realized like that's not a thing <laughs> i have had for probably 15 to 20 years <laughs> 20 year well wow. wow wow dust off those snow pants yeah from 20 years ago <laughs> they probably still fit <laughs> um yeah i'm a little i'm a my body's a little bit different from when i was four years old but uh enough to uh, you know i could probably fit <laughs> <laughs> it would be like have you ever seen uh do you know what's that show with bear grills man vs wild is that it i have not seen it but i'm familiar with it Okay, so I've only seen a handful of episodes. Uh, I watched an episode where he... Fi- and there was like a meme about this, but I, rem- I remember seeing the episode. Uh, he finds a dead seal, like washed up on the beach. That's sad. And he's and he's like, oh, dope. This is incredible. Um, because he cuts himself a little like t-shirt out of the seal <laughs> and he puts it on. Which, first of all, the feeling of that would just be nasty, right? I mean, of just like wearing seal skin like it's gonna be sticky are we talking about the singer songwriter seal because that would be very graphic Uh, a kiss from the rose (laughs) oh baby i want a head box it is a podcast but anyway i'm so sorry we will do the intro song in one second um but he uh he like takes his big winter coat off and he puts this like seal skin on but it's like i mean it maybe covers his ribs, mm. right? It's just like a square of 
seal Rock fat top. on his body. Yeah. And he's like, this is going to keep me warm. And it's like, no, Bear girls, it's not. Uh, because it's hitbox. What's in the fucking box? everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 75 my name is peter hunt spitzek and joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host just makovich what's going on man how hey, are you so i watched eternals oh and i gotta say what did you think it wasn't as bad as everyone led me to believe it was that's fair uh i don't love it <laughs> uh, I, so i saw it i went i saw it um with my friend kevin because we go see all the marvel movies together and we like were kind of excited because you know before it came out i think like the the rotten tomato score was like 50 percent. that's pretty low and well it's pretty low but it also is like this is controversial some people like this some people don't like this like you know you're really gonna have to come to your own conclusions about whether this is good or not because marvel movies i mean generally are pre- even the worst ones are still pretty solid, but yeah. none of them have had well, such a. I think I personally think the Thor movies, specifically the second one, but even the first one, I think those are bad. Here's here's my unco- uh, my controversial opinion. I think Thor two is better than Thor one. Not I, by I, a lot. I don't think that's controversial at all. Oh really? Oh well, I, no, 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 to me. Oh gotcha. Because Cause, cause everyone yeah. I've seen is like Thor two is the worst movie. I'm like, it's actually not. Uh, no, I think because, both Thors are pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that first one's rough. Woo, watch it again. But 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 but. Uh, we walked out of the theater being like, yeah, 50% is about right <laughs> for that movie. I think the problem with it, I think the big, the big thing that is the big roadblock for me, like wanting to rewatch it, because like I think Elena wants to see it now that it's on Disney Plus, we can do it, um, is that it's like two hours and 40 minutes. It is, Yeah, it is long. It is long. And if it's going to be long, you've got to be pretty good to, to support that. And I just don't think that it has... Um, enough going on to really like it. I watched Hawkeye. I finished Hawkeye, and that was really good. Yeah, Hawkeye was. I, I yeah, it was good. I love the Home Alone moment at the end, which, which yeah. if you've seen it, you know exactly what what we're talking about when they're yes, yes, when they're preparing for it. Um, but uh, back to the Eternals. I think I watched it over the course of two days. Um, oh, got like it. Like in little like segments, and uh, I remember that when I used to work at the movie theater, I used to be a projectionist, so I would literally be able to like just jump in at random points of movies and like listen to them and like watch yeah. them. And I think that makes so many movies better uh, when you watch them in like little twenty minute spurts sometimes, rather than like sitting through the whole thing. Like right. I really like the movie Watchmen, the uh, you know the the what's Zach his Snyder name? one? Yeah, the Zack Snyder one. Um, but. People are like, oh, it's so long and sitting through it. But when I first watched it, I just watched all the different clips of it throughout the whole thing oh, at sure. various yeah. points. And I really enjoyed it that way. But um, And I think that might have been the same thing with Eternals because of how long it can be. Because well, I thing. think that's like that's hard Like You're to not going to feel its length, really, because you're yeah. just sitting down for you know 30 minutes at a time with it. Uh, as opposed to just being like, oh my gosh, it's still going. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that would have made a much better like series rather than it being something that was because yes. you could focus each episode on on the characters and the relationships but i think like while the end of the epi- while the end of the movie came by that point i was really invested in all the characters and i liked it um and i think when i was first watching it the first like 40 minutes i was like who are these people i don't care about them um yeah. but by the end it i like it was good i liked it not again not top tier we're not talking top tier mall no Marvel. no no 
But uh, um, yeah, Kumail Nanjiani steals the oh scene every time he's in there. So I, oh, so hilarious. Uh, I don't want to like go into spoilers, but there's a moment when he's removed from a pivotal scene in the mm. movie that he kind of just removes himself from, and I wish he was in it, or I wish he showed up in it. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing. I, I think you have the best character in the whole thing, and he he dips yeah for like the rest of the movie and it kind of sucks but uh so it goes one more thing about eternals and then i swear we will talk about video games so it takes place over the course of seven days and i'm gonna do the math uh upon a rewatch with elena on i'm gonna write down all the places they travel to and think about the amount of time that it would take because it's a globe trotting adventure oh yeah it's like it's like indiana jones s they start they start in england then they go to south dakota then they're in uh mumbai then they're in the australian outback and then they're back in they're back in the states in chicago and then they're in iraq like the amount of travel that happens is hilarious if you think about like okay they probably had to go on like commercial flights at this point for this and then eventually they get on a private jet but can that make a flight from mumbai to australia in a single go Probably not. Mm. You're gonna have to stop refueling. Layovers, gonna, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. How long does um, it take to for a human to fly just with their body from Earth to the Sun? Uh, I think it depends on what speed they're going at. I guess light that's speed, true. Light speed is gonna take seven minutes. Um, <laughs> I know that. No, that's true. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's, that's true. specific. And here's why I know that. <laughs> My mother told me at the ripe age of five years old. That if the sun were ever to explode, we would know seven minutes later. And I think about that every day of my life. <laughs> that's uh, that's haunting. <laughs> you can imagine that I was a stressed little kid. I was just like a giant ball of stress you at that all moment. time. <laughs> my, I mean, my my mom, like my parents, would say, like, you know, oh my gosh, if you know, if you're stressed out, your your hair's gonna turn gray. And I remember being like, well, that's not gonna help. Now I gotta be stressed about my hair turning gray. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Justin, let's let's take a look at what we're going to be talking about here today. Um, we're going to go over some stuff, including the Xbox One being retired, the PS4 being rehired, and PS Now being fired. Some clever wordplay by you, Justin. And I you, love it. You, and you, Peter, you together, we 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 uh, we did that. It was an alley oop. Yeah, that we yeah. set up together. That's a thing uh, we're also gonna be taking a look at some horizon forbidden west leaks hogwarts legacy delay as well as going over what's going on with nfts we've we've been silent about this issue for so long yeah. now it's time for hitbox to take a stand um against <laughs> digital receipts i guess <laughs> uh but before we get to all of that we are going to talk about the games that we've been playing justin what's been going on with you this week so I actually um, pl- started playing a game uh, that was actually talked up to me uh, from our friend Dan over at uh, Button Mashing 101, and that is Neo The World Ends With You for my Switch. Ah, Neo Twewee. What do you think? Twewee! Um, it's interesting. I, for, I am glad I'm playing this on the Switch because this is like the perfect ass Switch yeah. game. Um, and I didn't really play the first one, so I was a little hesitant about going into the second one. Uh, however, I so far, it's pretty interesting. I like the story. I think it's uh, it's just mysterious enough that uh, I want to keep playing to see where it goes. So basically, this game uh, is set in this kind of uh, cool, stylistic version of Japan. Uh, Shibuya, I believe it's in. And... Uh, 
uh, you are just walking around with your friend. And all of a sudden, you, you collect this like little pi- collectible pin thing. And all of a sudden, you start seeing all this weird stuff happening. Uh, and you find out that you're actually a part of this big game. And then you find out that you may or may not actually be dead. And in order to mm. not be dead anymore, you have to win this game uh, so mm. you can be brought back to life. And uh, so... I mean, I probably played this game for like eight hours at this point, and the story is very kind of like trickled through. And it's kind of fun because both of the characters are both like, they start off just like, yeah, whatever, we'll go with it. And they're like, oh, shoot, does this mean we're dead? I guess we're <laughs> dead. And then whenever they meet another character, they're like, yeah, did you know you're dead? <laughs> um, so uh, I think the the setting is pretty interesting, and I think that's pretty in line with what happened in the original game that came out for the DS like 10 years ago, um, yeah. maybe even a little longer, uh, in which it's basically a game to like come back to life. Um, and the combat is really fun. It is set up as being, I guess the best way it's like an action game and I guess sort of an action RPG. Uh, but it's almost like in a sense, a rhythm game, uh, you have four party members, uh, and each party member can be assigned a different pin. And these pins are essentially like a move set, like a move, like a single move. Um, and you control all four characters at the same time, and each character is a different button based on its move. So uh, some of them have, like, charge attacks that you lo- use with the left and right bumpers. Other one of them have more, like, melee attacks that are used with um, X and Y. And then, of course, you have a dodge mechanic, because what video game doesn't have a dodge mechanic anymore? Obviously. And basically, it's about, like, uh, using these moves uh, uh, centered around the kind of, like... Uh, recharging of each one because you can like use uh, the energy out of them and you have to wait for it to recharge um but also uh using a move enough will create like a special um uh status effect that if you use another move it does like bonus damage to it so it's really about like making sure you're using all four of your moves in a way that maximize the bonus damage you give to characters and that's why i say it's kind of like a rhythm game almost because it's like you press x four times while you're holding down the trigger then you let let go of the trigger you hit the y button a couple times and it yeah. is just like kind of like this cool flowing of combat and i think it's it's appropriate that i feel like it feels like a rhythm game because the uh enemies you're fighting are like sound and it's the whole game has a a very kind of like music based background with it it's Um, very like stylized yeah 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 it it reminds me a lot of like uh persona 5 um and, and it's kind of like just presentation of being like yeah, it's like a fun uh, Japanese RPG game, but like part of the game is its style. Not yeah. obviously as good as Persona Five, but a very similar vibe to it. Um, the uh, so I, I'm really enjoying playing it. I think that the, the uh, gameplay is a little bit slow for me, um, and like basically you have this open world that you kind of just walk around in, and then you're looking for certain stickers or things in the in the world that you interact with to move the story along and then while that's happening you're also kind of like running into these combat encounters at the same time so it just it the the tasks you do to progress the story are not necessarily interesting and then the combat itself is like a distraction from the story like so Mm. far they really haven't like come into like a nice harmony with me so it can be a little slow in that way but again, it's it's just enough that it, it'll be a nice game to have on my Switch to play for an hour, you know, or so here and there. And, yeah. you know, the, it's interesting uh, and I like it. But there's one thing I hate about this game. Oh. And that's the main character. Oh. His name is Rindo. Can you just uh, pull up a picture of Rindo for me? 
Is this the blonde guy? Yep. Yep. Rindo. Uh, what is this game called? Uh, Neo, the world ends with you. Neo. Yeah, just pull a picture of him. Yeah, he looks kind of cool. Um, so do you see that little, little little chin strap around his his uh, his? Uh, oh, that's a mask, isn't that it? That is a mask, and this Rindo character wears his mask like a loser on his chin, his chin through the whole game. And every time I see it, I am filled with rage. And this is a public service <laughs> announcement for all of you. If you think you look cool with your nose hanging out of your mask, if you think you look cool with your lips poking through your mask, you don't. You look like a loser. You are a loser. If Got you don't him. wear your mask correctly. And Rindo, I'm sorry, you're a loser. And the fact that you are making this look cool for all the people playing this video games means you need to go. And I'm glad you're dead. And you know what? I don't think I ever want to beat the game because I bet if I beat the game, you're no longer dead. Wear masks oh, correctly, people. Damn. Wear masks correctly. So I'm as I'm scrolling here, uh, there is a lot of art of him with his mask up. Does he ever put it up? I haven't seen it yet. Dang. Um, Rindo, so- come on, man. Now... Okay, so I know this game came out during COVID, and that's not the reason why he's wearing the mask from what I've been reading. Because, again, Fury has been brought to me by playing this game. Every time I look look at this guy, I want to punch him in the face. Wear it right. (laughs) Um, But apparently, uh, the protagonist in the last game um, had an uh, 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 like headphones to symbolize their kind of like flaw characteristic or something like that and in this game uh your character is like always addicted to their phone and technology and doesn't like feel comfortable talking to other people in real life and a lot of their conversations happen through like phones and text message and stuff like that so the mask is not like a statement about the pandemic it's more of a statement about they wear the mask to symbolize that they have a trouble have trouble talking to people in real life sure um which I guess makes sense, but like have him wear the damn mask like a human being, not like a loser who thinks they're cool. And it's also tricky too. I mean, like masks obviously have become a thing all over the world following um, the start of the pandemic. But uh, you know, in in Asian countries with with higher population densities, people wearing a mask before all of this was not uncommon if you were feeling sick or whatnot. Whereas, like out here, you you would never see right, that. Right, right. Um, that makes sense. That's <laughs> a funny observation. I did not. I did not. I mean, I've seen pictures of this guy before. If Peter, uh, it I, bothers me. I I cannot unsee it. I'll say that. Yeah, and it it bothers me. Um, but you know, anyway, I think the game itself is fun. Um, I got it on a sale. It was like on a holiday sale for like thirty bucks. So like, I couldn't like specifically after hearing the the recommendation of it from Dan, I was like, okay, I'll I'll at least try this game out. And I think it's fun. I like it. It is mm-hmm. a kind of uh, game that I wish uh, I would have played last year. Um, I, would it be in my top ten games of last year? I'm not sure, but it is definitely a kind of game that I like. Sure. No, that's that's very fair. Justin, I've been playing uh, a few games. I mean, I want to talk about Horizon first, just give you an update on that. I am struggling. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, first of all, Lance Riddick shows up, and I was like, Lance Riddick? What are you doing in this game? Thanks for, thanks for joining us. I like you as an actor. Um, and then uh, he just was going to tell me expository dialogue, which I guess is fine. But uh, I got to a point where he said, hey, if you've got uh, some things you want to take care of before starting this quest, go ahead and uh, go ahead and do those. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So I did one side quest and it was pretty good. I fought a giant T-Rex finally. 
the Thunder um, Jaw. Yeah, and then I was sitting there thinking, because I was like, this whole time, I mean, PlayStation exclusive title, or like first party PlayStation games, typically have pretty good trophy lists. And from what you've described and from what I've looked at with Horizon, like, it seems like it has a pretty good trophy list. But then I was like, what am I, why am I debating if I'm going to platinum this game? I don't like playing it. And so I have not gotten back, I've I've decided like, you know what, no, I'm just going to do the main story and then, you know, be done with it. Um... So we will uh, see when I get back to that because it's just like I don't want to play it because I don't like it and it's, I'm trying to get through it so that I am done with it. But uh, that doesn't always make a fun time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's not conducive for like, oh, time to relax by playing some video games. No, it feels like I'm doing homework. Um, um, one thing too, yeah. at the end of the game, you can't go back and yeah I, I looked that up because i was like does this game actually have a point of no return and the on the internet said no it doesn't and then there was like a little uh subheading of like what about the guy who says this is a point of no return and it's like no trust me that's just me it's a long quest line that's gonna yeah, happen it's just like in halo infinite that last mission you play like last like four hours it feels like so you can't yeah. like go back but and it just kicks you out to the open world again Man. yeah um so i i will see when i beat that uh i tried out the anacrusis are you familiar with this? Uh, I, you can explain it, but I did see that it was released the kind of like a multiplayer. So it's like a it's shooter. it's it's a Left 4 Dead yeah. one, you know, um, it, where you have four uh, players fighting their way out of in, in the Anacrusis. It is a like retro themed space station. So instead of zombies, it's these like kind of goo monsters. They sort of look like the enemies from Prey, the uh, the arcane version of uh, the arcane game of that um i didn't know i i, I loved the anacrusis is style like in all the trailers and stuff and then like oh cool this is coming out in january no it's not coming out in january the game preview has come out oh. and um this game is fucking broken <gasps> like it is not good it is completely broken doesn't work very well uh it feels horrible to play on a controller oh no uh yeah i i played it for about 25 minutes and i was like oh, this is really bad. Um, There's no semblance of any sort of story. There doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, when you look at like Left 4 Dead, they didn't have stories like overtly told to you. Uh, You just sort of started. But at least with those games, like the dialogue between the players, like the characters was like interesting enough and they would sort of, you could follow like, okay, here's the first one because everyone's introducing each other, this this all to each other and, and whatever. But uh, yeah, it's it's not good. It is very, very clearly not finished. You know, it says game preview on Game Pass, but like, I really wouldn't recommend this to anyone with where it's at right now. Which is which is a shame because like, I don't know, I don't know why they would release it when it's not done. But I mean, maybe it is early access because I mean, I mean IGN reviewed yeah. the early access for it and they gave it a five out of ten. Yeah, I saw that because I was like, "Is this just me?" Nope. <laughs> IGN gave it a five. Yeah. That's rough, man. Yeah. The the loadout open critic says it's five out of ten too. So like, I, it's clearly broken. My question is: Is there potential here, or is it just the fact that the game is average and the mechanics are broken? I don't know if there's potential because it doesn't flavor like it just doesn't i mean there's potential in the style it looks really cool um i I like the character designs i like the design of the ship it's all like retro like i think 60s or 70s themed and all that um but where like its current state isn't there's no potential Mm. because it's just not a very functioning it's not a very well functioning video game so that's sad 
it was unfortunate. Like I said, I downloaded it. I was super stoked. Uh, there's, I think, two or three episodes out right now out of five. But I, I seriously can't recommend anyone play it right now with, with where it's at. But so it goes. I also... Uh, reviewing a game right now it's called dismantle it will be the embargo will have been lifted by the time this episode is up i'm reviewing it for game skinny it is a survival crafting um game it's like a top-down sort of thing it has been out on pc for i think a few years at this point but it's coming to consoles i'm playing it on the ps5 uh, it is a solid crafting game that is lacking a little bit of depth um i will say the thing that piqued my interest is I've been playing it for about 10 hours. And at hour eight, I fought a giant robo mech, uh, which was kind of cool and not expected at all. But um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. My full thoughts will be up on Game Skinny by the time you're hearing this. Uh, what's the gameplay loop of it? A lot of crafting. It's like I said, it's top down. So you are going to be uh, gathering resources, avoiding zombies, or I, I think it's cute. Uh, the game calls them ex-humans. <laughs> and uh, you basically, the, the idea is you, are, it's like five years after the end of the world. And there was like this zombie outbreak and your character lived in a bunker for a while and then ran out of food. So they're like, all right, time to go out into the world and, and try and forge my way. And the whole main point of the game is you are trying to get out of you're on an island um, and you are trying to power up like a, I mean, it's, it's kind of futuristic, but like also not really uh, you're, you're trying to power up this like escape pod. That's going to like, I don't know, shoot you somewhere else. Um, and so there's complications with that. And so you got to go all over this giant Island and it's huge. I mean, like I said, I've been playing it for 10 hours. I've seen maybe a quarter of the Island so far. Um, but yeah, so you are gathering stuff, trying to survive from these zombies uh, and and it's mostly like close range combat. You're hitting things with a crowbar or a machete or a or a whatever. But uh, it's it's interesting if you're like a fan of like Minecraft or or any other sort of like survival crafting games, it might be worth checking out. Especially because I think it's only like ten or twenty dollars. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and and the, and it is seems like it's going to be a pretty long experience, um, based on the fact that I've been playing it for so long and haven't seen like even half of the entire map. Well, that sounds fun. I will yeah. be interested to hear your complete thoughts when this comes out. Yeah. Well, anything else? Play anything else? Far Cry still? Yeah, just some Far Cry. Um, I mean, I think that game seems to be like my uh, when I'll just check in now, now yeah. and then. I don't, I don't feel compelled to necessarily beat it all the way. Uh, they did come out with that new um, DLC when you are playing For Pagan Men, right? Pagan Men um, didn't look like it got too great of reviews. <laughs> um fortunate the one thing i do miss so far and this again i've only probably played about two-thirds maybe a little bit less than that of the game i do miss when they get a lot of that like psychological stuff like there's a couple of points in the other games when mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you go in these like drug-based trips um that take you into these like kind of fantastical worlds or like m- moments in the game and uh i haven't gotten to any of those kind of things yet uh, in uh, Far Cry uh, and uh, Far Cry Six, yep, yeah, uh, Far Cry Six. But I forgot there's so many of them. It's weird um, that they haven't like done subtitles yet. That they're just, I mean, because I think the spinoff ones usually have the subtitles because it was like Far Cry Five, something yep. like New Dawn yeah. or Blood Dragon or whatever. But yeah, anyway, go on. But sorry. like the mainline ones. Um, yeah. 
But uh, I, it looks like this pagan men thing does have a lot of that like supernatural kind of like crazy stuff in it, which mm-hmm. you know, if if I I guess they're they're maybe just saving that stuff for the DLC, which eh, I wish you could just pepper that into the game. But yeah, yeah overall pretty good. Well, dang. Let's uh, let's talk about some news. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. So this is a, this is a few news stories bundled into one. Justin, did you hear about the Xbox One? It's a video game console. Uh, Pretty good. It's more than Xbox negative yep. one. <laughs> wow, Justin, how right you are. Uh, the Xbox One, because it was supposed to be the one media device you needed in your house. Ironic. Uh, which I mean, if it's. it's I don't think it can have cable on it, but you can put Netflix on there and YouTube and whatever else. So it's not a horrible idea. Uh, I'm a fan of the console myself, but they are not in production anymore. And oh. there, it was not a whole thing. Like, you know how, I mean, I remember when the 3DS stopped production last year, or I think the PS2, when that stopped production, I think I was in high school or maybe it was even in college when that happened, uh, just because of how popular those things were. Um, the Xbox One was sort of... Uh, very unceremoniously uh, stopped production. This is, this happened, when did this happen? Uh, So the Xbox One X, so the more powerful version of the model, was discontinued in July 2020, and the Xbox One S was in production through the end of 2020, but stopped in 2021. Which, that's kind of crazy, right? I mean, this is an extremely popular console, um, so it's kind of wild that they aren't selling brand new ones that are being made in stores anymore. I mean, you could probably get brand new ones as there is still stock of them, but no new ones are being produced. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you take with that? What do you think of that? I, I think it makes total sense. I think it's weird when a company's like, yeah, we're going to stop making this console. Ah, cause who's going to buy that? Right? Like if you're thinking yeah. about like specifically like for Xbox people, if it's like, we're no longer to be making the, the Xbox one X who would buy it. Right. It means they're not going to be supporting it anymore. It just it's that like speak of like, well, you know, in the future, they're coming out with something else. So I'll wait for the future thing. So I think not announcing that's probably good. It also kind of seems to be a little shocking that um, the they cancel it so early in July. Right. Yeah. Before before the new the series X and S were even out or were they announced then? The S was not. The yeah. X had we known about the X since the Game Awards twenty nineteen. No, yeah, I think? yeah. Um, but I think that like probably shows you they had a lot of stock on their hands <laughs> of yeah. it, meaning that either they overestimated sales uh, or they uh, the thing didn't sell as as much as they thought it would, perhaps. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I I think this is what you, this is not like shocking to me. This is what you would normally do with a system because you don't want to like stop selling old stuff, but also um, you want to still have people buy the new one too. And I think you look at the obviously they are supporting and anyone who has an Xbox One, they are still continuing to support that system. But you look at uh, the way that they want people to buy the new consoles. Not only that, but if you think about like, well, I want to upgrade, but $500 for a Series X, man, and I have to like figure out how to get one. Sounds like a lot. Most stores that I've been in just have Series S's. Like I've yeah. seen more people bu- walk in, buy one of those than I've seen any other console because they just, they're just not around. But hey, you're looking at upgrade. You're not like super hardcore or maybe you are, but you you know, you know stick to more, you know, Fortnite or, or other competitive 
online games more of a social thing like yeah pick up that xbox series s like that is a fantastic deal i mean it's a game pass machine right that is the the game pass machine so it's that is a fantastic uh deal there but i think it makes sense that they're sort of just pushing these new consoles and saying if you are if you're trying to get on board these are the consoles to get on board with no reason to buy an older one because these are as cheap as they can be and as accessible as they can be which i think is kind of cool yeah yeah but this news comes sort of directly contrasting with what's going on with uh, PlayStation as Sony basically announced. I don't know if they announced this or exactly how this information broke, but Sony is continuing to make new PS5 uh, PS4s in addition to PS5s as I mean, all video game consoles have just been selling like crazy lately. But the issue that's sort of plaguing PS5s is plaguing ps4s where they're just not really in stock because people want them so bad and it seems as if i mean the parts for them are still tricky to come by right which is another reason why i think it also makes sense for microsoft to say you know what xbox one we love you but with the supply chain issues we might as well just focus all of our efforts on our new stuff right as opposed to the the older hardware but uh what what do you think do you think how do you think that um they should go about supporting the PS4 because they have definitely a less uh, as a company, less of a emphasized importance on that backwards compatibility and on uh, supporting their older titles. By the way, uh, Sony told Bloomberg that they were still manufacturing PS4. So that's where that information came from. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it's just interesting to me uh, because I don't quite get it because it seems like at this point, if they're still manufacturing PS4s, they're going to be double downing on exclusive being played on both of them. Like Horizon right, Forbidden yeah. West is going to be played on both. Um, and I, you know, if you have enough to produce a PS4 chip, uh, like the chips or the PS4s, why wouldn't you just put that directly into the PS5, which you're you can't keep on store shelves anyway? Um, it just seems like if there are microchip shortages that are making it hard to produce things, why are you spending those microchips on a PS4? Right. Uh, like you could sell more PS5s if you had more PS5s. So I don't think, <laughs> I don't think people are, are, are balking at the price of it at this point. Um, so just really weird to me. Um, and specifically it's weird to me because I mean, I guess with Microsoft it's, you have Microsoft doesn't matter. You can play backwards compatibility you can play anything like that so it's you know why buy the old one when the new one just gives you the same thing yeah um but for the ps4 maybe they're just seeing sales and people are still buying i just don't understand personally why they're doing that well i mean i know that like the ps4 by a large margin outsold the P the xbox one yeah yeah, yeah. um i mean it, it's a fantastic console and i think back during the heyday of that era I would say that the PS4 was probably the better buy than the Xbox one, just simply because of those exclusive titles. Um, but now like exactly what you're saying, just devote those efforts to making the PS five. And this is coming from two people who have no idea what the production of those systems is like. And, you know, maybe they're saying, you know, we have these components already here, so we might as well just, you know, finish yeah, and them up and, and send them out. Exactly. Like, I would assume they're not just doing this to be dumb. They probably have sales data to show that PS4s are still being bought. Um, I remember, again, when I was uh, 
on uh, uh, in a GameStop on Black Friday, a, a woman spent way too much money on a refurbished PS4, yeah, um, and like two games and a controller. Where I was like, why would you do that? There's no, there's really no reason to, to do that at this point. She still spent like yeah. four hundred dollars on those things. I was like, okay, that's shocking, but um, so maybe they just see that. And you're right, they probably do have like components and parts that they want to use up. So they probably done the math and it makes sense to them. But I don't know. I just think at this point. Commit to your PS5. Move forward with it. Yeah. Well, and and as I sort of mentioned before, they have continued to support older systems well into new generations. Uh, I, I think it was the PlayStation 2 that was continuing. It was still made, I think, even when the PS4 was around. I think that's a little bit of a different situation given how popular that console is. And I know that I think in South America, the PlayStation 2 is like still a huge deal um, and and you'd be surprised at like the titles that were published on the PlayStation two that were like still being made for it. Um, don't, I don't have that exact information right in front of me, but so I could be incorrect about that. But what I'm trying to say is like, there is precedent that they would continue to support their things. But I think in, in the current landscape of what it's like to buy these consoles, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense with the, with the information that we have present, but Right. But hey. like we said, there's there are so many reasons why um, they would be doing that, that we simply don't have in front of us. In addition to all of this, <laughs> uh, this is more sort of Sony news. So um, PlayStation is is getting rid of the PlayStation Now gift cards, uh, which is. I believe was happening uh, even back in December in that original Bloomberg report about the Project Spartacus. Um, <laughs> Spartacus. But I, I think it is it has become really noticeable. I think there were there were some tweets going around where um, I think people in the UK were noticing, hey, these are gone now, which is uh, notable. Because people are thinking that, hey, there's going to be this revamped version of PS Plus that's going to include PS Now. And then also people are starting to see um, PlayStation 3 titles pop up on the PS, the PlayStation Store. Uh, and there is a refiled trademark for, um, for a technology that allows new hardware to support uh, backwards compatibility. I think... While there is a lot of evidence pointing towards this thing, uh, it's also important to remember that there there are a lot of coincidences that could be happening. Uh, like, for example, these gift cards, that's that's a pretty compelling piece of evidence. But like that patent has been refiled since 2015 uh, three or four different times. Uh, they do it every two years or so. It sort of makes sense that they this is around the time when they would refile for that. Um, those PlayStation three games showing up on the PlayStation store. That is also a thing that's happened before and not really meant a whole lot. Um, I think there is some sort of revamp coming to the PlayStation now service, the PlayStation plus service, but I don't know exactly what it's going to be or when it's going to be. What do you think? I I mean, yeah, I, I, they'll probably revamp something and have a different tier structure to try to make PS now with PS plus. I would assume that makes sense, but ultimately, I don't think suddenly Sony's going to be like, we're going to make PS Now Game Pass. We're going to have our first party games come in there. I still don't think that that's going to be that what their op- that what their what their strategy is going to be for this because they're doing fine right now. Um, 
in terms of sales, in terms of people wanting PS5s and stuff. I think they 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 maybe are going to set themselves up if perhaps they start to lose the battle a little bit. They'll be in a better place to offer backwards compatibility and things like that. But yep, I mean. And, uh, it makes sense. I th- I really do think PS Now is an interesting service. I think there's some good games on it. But the thing that really makes Xbox Game Pass worth it is anything new that comes out to it. Um, right. And they have big second uh, second and third party partnerships uh, on them. Um, I mean, Rainbow Six Siege Extraction is going to be on Game Pass. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I don't think we have it on here, but EA uh, uh, Ubisoft Connect is going to be put on Xboxes now, right? which a yeah. lot of people think like that is suggesting that all of those Ubisoft games are going to be coming to Game Pass as well in the same way that EA Play was. But And that's crazy. Like just yeah. like that adds so much value to it and that is the stuff that's that makes Game Pass worth it. Um so yeah, uh, I I mean I think it makes sense based on the the rumors and stuff we've heard about Spartacus about them not incentivizing people to buy PS now at this point, but I just still think I, I'm a little it's the Sony strategy does not seem to be coherent. <laughs> yes. From what they're doing with PS4 to PS Now to everything. It just doesn't, I, I don't know what their plan is moving forward or what they want mm-hmm. to do. Um, but I guess when you're on top, you don't necessarily have to think much about the future other than keep doing what you're doing. Right. I will also be interested to see like what the reaction to if they do reveal this and show that like, yo, you can play these, you know, PlayStation 1, 2, 3 games on here. Uh, I'll be curious to see what the reaction to that is because the reaction to that happening on the Switch was like pretty bad. I mean, people really seem to be upset about that as we discussed in earlier episodes. So I'll be curious if those same people will be upset about PlayStation doing it or not. I think it really depends on the price point. Yeah. uh, Which I think we talked about on that episode when this all sort of started breaking in December about like, what a, an appropriate price point for that would be. But um, yeah, I, I think it is exactly what you're saying where they are, you know, they don't necessarily need to share their pu- plans publicly, but it seems right now that they are not super coherent in terms of what's, what's going on with all of that. But yeah, that's the only way. That's why they're my favorite. <laughs> and, no and, plan. You know, my kind of life motto. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but it'll, it'll, It'll come out or it won't, and it'll either be cool or it won't. And <laughs> right now, the right now it's working for me just fine. Yeah. The, the the PlayStation Plus model is working just fine because I don't go to my PlayStation for the same reasons why I go to the Xbox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just different reasons. And I don't think that Sony is ever going to be able to get there with their titles, with yeah, the way ca- that they view them. To kind of put a like a, a period on this, I think it'll be interesting to see how different Horizon runs on the PS4 and the PS5 when that yep. comes out. Um I I feel like if that is something that it's pretty similar and it looks great on the PS5 and it runs great on the PS4, then maybe they know what they're doing. Um, But if there's any kind of drop between it and they're going to continuously be focusing on PS4 and PS5 rather than making it one coherent game, uh, that will be concerning, I think, moving forward. Yeah. I think, uh, to your point, Cyberpunk has... Scared me. (laughs) Well, scared me, and I think I'm not a game developer and i don't necessarily have a great uh you know hand on that pulse but i think that game with the way it released i would imagine has spooked a lot of studios from maybe 
being willing to put out something that maybe was not exactly how they were hoping it would work, you know, um, when you just look at the disparity between an Xbox One version of that and a Series X version or the PlayStation 4 version versus the PlayStation 5, which even then didn't run particularly well. But um, speaking of Horizon and the PlayStation 4, a pre-release build has leaked on the internet. Uh-oh. Um, what's that? I said, uh-oh. Yeah, and it's a PlayStation 4 version of the build. Um, and the reason why why we think this has happened is these new unofficial screenshots have leaked. That all said, uh, which which have been promptly removed on, on Twitter and, and other things like that. Um, that all said, it also appears as if the build might not have any sort of story uh, uh, content in it because there have been no big major story spoilers that have... Uh, made their way around the internet that could just be a matter of time until that sort of stuff comes out if it's hidden within that build or what but uh yeah it looks like fans of this game who are concerned about story stuff should should potentially be on alert trying not to get spoiled for that sort of stuff in the way that happened with halo infinite and last of us and all sorts of stuff yeah because any story story spoilers from halo infinite really (laughs) Man, I wish that story was spoiled for me, so I knew what to expect. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I, I, I just, how does this keep happening? And I, it's not just like a Sony problem. I mean, that was a huge deal that it happened with Last of Us Part Two, and I think that really infuriated, yeah. infuriated a lot of people. But I mean, this has been a problem with Nintendo. This is a problem with uh, with Microsoft. It's a problem with Sony. Um, I just don't like get why people do this and how this happens constantly. Um, I just think it's bad. Uh, I would say that yeah, I, I agree. I'm not a huge fan of leaks just because I'd rather personally experience a reveal or a story or a trailer or whatever in the way that it's intended to be experienced. I know that that doesn't intent doesn't actually mean a whole lot. Uh, but with games like, I don't know, I typically will trust the studio to show me what I what they want to. Let me say it like this. I trust the studio to show what they want to show. And if it's not ready to be seen, then I don't necessarily need to see it because it's not going to be indicative of a finalized product, right? Yeah. Um, I think right now, given the current landscape with people working at home um, and not being physically in offices where things can be a little bit tighter in terms of security, makes sense why there... It, I, I, and I have no information to back this up. It makes sense why it might feel like there are more leaks than ever because... You know, it's going through emails and it's going through Dropbox or whatever. And not all networks are going to be secure. And if you're working on something on a, you know, on a Wi-Fi network that is shared by multiple people or whatnot, um, that sort of stuff could come out. But yeah, I think this sucks. I think this is good that there isn't any story stuff for the studio behind it for Guerrilla Games and for uh, fans of the game, because I know that those things sort of get shared really, really well, uh, really widely, but I just why yeah. does this happen more in video games than it does in movies? Like you might see like set photos for like a movie or TV mm. show, but like you don't get get these like final products being leaked before release of stuff. I that's actually a fair point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just and I know like when um when I used to work at the movie theater, uh it started off you would get these like obviously the reels of film, but by the time I my last year or so in there, we moved to getting like these hard drives that would have like the movies on them. And they used to be mm-hmm. like very large hard drives, 
each one would hold like one movie that we'd have to download to our like computer system there. Um, Maybe they just have more security than video games do. Maybe just because, you know, the the industry is older, they have more things in place to protect things from that. Because nowadays, movies have so many digital assets and digital things that probably get shared very similar how video games do. You would assume more things would would come out, but... Well, I got a question for you. So when, and and this is just, like... This might be pertinent. It might not. So as when you had to like download a thing onto a computer to to project a movie, could you just stuck a USB stick in there and downloaded it from the computer onto your own device? Um, no, because no, it, it wasn't. It, the The hard drives were like pretty unique, and they had some like encryption on them that only allowed them to run through the actual. Um, our system or the computer that Got we downloaded okay. them to. So I, if I plug that into my computer, it would just like explode. It just won't work. Um, but also the, the files were like huge. We're talking like 200 plus gigs. Yeah. Um, for these movies and everything. Um, but, uh, again, once you did have it downloaded on the, the service that we had, you could like play it on any projector really easily without doing anything with it. But yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I know what you mean, and I'm I would be curious of that as well. I'm also just not as plugged into like the film space as I am with games, so I'd be curious to see if that is also a upward trend or not. But yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, speaking of unreleased games, though, Hogwarts Legacy, uh, rumor has it that that game is going to be delayed into 2023. So sorry for your fantasy team. <laughs> Which, I uh, don't know when that episode is going to come up, our second crossover with Button Mashing 101, but uh, it should be coming up soon where you'll be able to hear our picks for our fantasy draft of games releasing, but uh, you you had Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, you well, I didn't, I didn't draft it. What did you do with it? I bid for it. So, oh, got it, got uh, it. Like, so you you know, I went it. on the waiver wire after our draft, so this isn't a draft spoiler for any of you who are concerned about ruining the draft episode. Um but I did like put place a silent bid on Hogwarts Legacy, thinking that it would come out. And then the literally, I not only in the same day that I found out that uh, I actually got the bid, um, then I heard that it, it most likely will be delayed into 2023. So there you go. There goes my prediction. We uh, we have not heard from that game in in a while, so it, right. it probably wouldn't um, wouldn't surprise me if that were the case, but. You know, what can you do, right? Are you excited at all for this game, or do you not know enough about it to be excited? I mean, not really. It's a, isn't it a multiplayer? It's kind of like an MMO Harry Potter game. Well, they, it's not an MMO, they but it did have one. I think it's just more of an open worldy kind of Harry Potter game. I don't oh. believe it is like an MMO stuff, but there was one at one point that got canceled. But I do think there's like a uh, some dysfunction that are surrounding not only this game but the the harry potter ip harry potter and video brand. games yeah. uh, in general so you know that's I, a thing yeah what were you gonna say uh, i think the dysfunction with harry potter has just sort of turned me off i mean j- in general i'm a really big fan of those books i'm a really big fan of those movies uh as i learn more about jk rowling i don't <laughs> don't love that i I think it's up to the individual to decide whether or not they can separate an artist from their art um i depending on what it is am able to do that less or more than other times with harry potter i think it's kind of 
tricky with, I don't know, this. But then you also look at, even in the, in the franchise, those Fantastic Beast movies are pretty awful. Yeah, right. Uh, the first one's okay. That second one is, holy shit, really bad. <laughs> like, bafflingly bad. Um, which, to me, is, is just a sign of a creator not understanding their own works, you know? I but mean, I think... It's been clear that she doesn't really understand it ever since she started tweeting that like wizards would just shit their pants and then magic it away. I mean, that you know, would be pretty useful stuff. to be honest. You know what I mean? I mean, it would be useful if needed, but like the idea that it's just like, yeah, I'm going to just poop right now. Do you think they have low class wizards whose job it is just to like dissipate, dissipate the poop? Yeah. In the same way that like we have like custodial workers where like he, probably that. Yeah. Like Phil, like, that union. was his real job. Pro- I mean, probably he was essentially just the custodian, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he was like also in charge of making people getting people in trouble. But uh, yeah, what do you think? I mean, like like I, for what I'm trying to say is Hogwarts Legacy. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, my love for the Harry Potter brand has sort of wavered over the past few years, but I mean, I still have a strong connection to those original books and movies. It's but. hard. I mean, with with anything, the you know. J.K. Rowling is the creator of this world. She's the one who came up with these ideas and these characters. Um, but the company, uh, what company is making Hogwarts Legacy? I don't know. Let me see here. Um, but the company who is, you know, making this, like, it's hard to punish them for right. picking this up. Um, it's hard to, you know, punish the the people who are trying to make this a good game. Uh, you know, the, I believe this game was very clear about distancing themselves from her. Right. Um, and, it, you know, all this stuff, too, with, you know, thinking about speaking with your wallet, like, it's just really hard. Like, I, I, and I think Harry Potter is a very, like, visual example for me of being something that, you know, uh, I think the, I don't really support J.K. Rowling, but I love Harry Potter. And that yeah. just hurts me inside that, you know, I have to look at Harry Potter with, negativity because of that kind of stuff but much with like video games how many of these major major mega corporations are shitty and they come out with great games that you love but right yeah and that's the thing right it's it's a lot of people i think like to pretend that that thinking about these sorts of things are is very easy right and and saying oh well i would never support a harry potter thing ever again it's like yeah well but it's it's a little bit more complicated than that and it's about that might be it for you but it 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 can't it can't be that for everyone because it's just different, you know? Yeah. And, and some people can say, well, JK Rowling's not involved with this in any way other than probably collecting a paycheck from royalties. But so you can probably say, well, maybe this is fine, but yeah, there it's are, the and, but that goes with anything too, right? Like precisely are, right. Like <laughs> any company, I'm sure they have ties to some shitty funding of politics or whatever like that, that we don't agree with or we don't, whatever. Um, does, does that well, mean I, mean, I can't even, buy anything? Even in, like, you look at Last of Us 2, right? Fantastic game. I love it with all my heart. It's made under some pretty shitty conditions for a lot of people, right? They That studio has a history of crunching really bad uh, and, and not treating its employees particularly well when it comes to that sort of stuff, you know? Uh, but does that mean that I can't love that game? No, but does that mean that other people might have complicated relationships with that? Yeah, and, and that's okay. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Hogwarts Legacy BT-dubs is being made by Avalanche Software. You, of course, know them most from their work on Disney Infinity, as well as Tack and the Power of Juju, if you remember that game. 
Uh, or, as we have talked about frequently on this podcast, the maker of the 2005 GameCube, PlayStation 2, Xbox, and PC hit, Chicken Little. I love that game. Oh, my God. This game is going to be a 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. If, in if you got that Chicken Little tech in there, then this is going to be... Uh, <laughs> it's actually one the... of the powers is preventing the sky from falling. You just have to do that every, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> Mad-Eye Moody walks in and does that in the number four, right? <laughs> anyway... Um, Moving on, let's talk about Kirby. Kirby Never Got Lands. It's got a trailer and a release date. It's coming in March. What do you think? I'm excited for this game. I'm not. I think, th- did you watch the trailer? Yeah, I watched the trailer. The trailer looks like a bad version of a Mario game, and I already have complicated like connections sure. with Mario, um, and nothing in Kirby's background has ever made me confident in a Kirby game as being a quality game for me. <laughs> Sure, that's um, actually fair. And I don't think uh, what I saw with there, like, if it was something that looked really open, like a Breath of the Wild type of game, Last of Us type of, you know, game like that, that would be groundbreaking great. But a lot of it just looked like a top-down third-person, not top-down third, top-down isometric, like, little platformer game mm-hmm. in the vein of Mario 3D World that is probably not going to be as clean or as good as Mario 3D World. That's fair. That's so. perfectly fair. I have an affinity for Kirby just because I think he's fun. And uh, I liked those games a lot when I was a kid, particularly Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland on the Game Boy Advanced. Uh, or was that Kirby's Return to Dreamland? I don't know. But uh, that game was pretty good, as well as Kirby Mirror. Kirby's in the Mirror Dimension. Kirby Mirror Land. Mirror Time. Mirror. Kirby Goes to Space. It sounds like Kirby. this would be like a, a good, like, uh, Magic School Bus spinoff. <laughs> yeah. Kirby and the Mirror. The Mirror one is pretty good, too. It's like a Metroidvania, weirdly enough. Kirby um, sucks his way into your body. Ooh, that doesn't sound right. Kirby. No, no. The whole Kirby, thing was bad. Kirby sucks at music. <laughs> Kirby. There's got to be. There has to have been a Kirby music game. I like the show when I was a kid. Kirby, right back at you. Oh, there's there's a TV show for Kirby? It's an anime. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. I will let you know how it is because I will play it, and I'm sure you will not uh, unless I end up telling you. I probably you, hey, will. I'll probably get it before you and like play it like nonstop, and I'll, I'll have nothing but negative things to say about it. <laughs> I was going to say, still. that's typically your MO. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Poke- uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Hey, they also had a, a gameplay trailer for that. Yeah, there, 13 There's something that. about that game that I don't have confidence in. It just doesn't look fun. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, my my heart my sort of feelings on it are like, you know, everything wants to be Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah. But what I think a lot of series don't understand about what breath what made Breath of the Wild good was not that it had an open world with a really robust physics engine. Um, right. It yeah. was that it took a look at that franchise and said, "What do people really like about this? Exploration, adventure, cooking, right? What's that? Cooking, Cook, uh, cooking." <laughs> collecting rupees secrets <laughs> bombs my name is error right uh <laughs> that's in a adventure of link <laughs> Zelda two. as a poll <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that but nintendo took a look at what makes zelda fun what do people like about this and then they basically just refined those things as much as they possibly could um same thing with something like Halo. They said, what do people like about this? When it's fast, when it's fluid, when you're you're um, countering enemies with different explosives and using different weapons and all that sort of stuff. And that's how you get something like Halo Infinite. Uh, Pokemon, 
I don't know if the solution is to make it an open world game <laughs> with stealth elements uh, just because of that's what Breath of the Wild did. Yeah. Breath of the Wild did that because there was, you know, a history of doing that with the franchise. Whereas with Pokemon, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's the move. Maybe I'll have egg on my face. Maybe I'll absolutely love it, but who knows? I, I mean, I, I, I hope this is like something that they're experimenting with because again i love the open world in the pokemon sword and shield i love the that kind of like wild area i think that stuff was fun it was a little like basic and stuff but if you have like a more interesting open world where you can sneak up to pokemon to catch them have a better chance of catching them make it a little bit more free forming free formed i think that would be a fun distraction from the rpg mechanics of a regular pokemon game yep. but this one just seems just something about it just doesn't seem like it's going to be fun to collect Pokemon, fun to play, fun to do all this kind of stuff. Um, but Hey, I will wait for the reviews and then play it and then see. I'm going to be interested. This is going to be an interesting, interesting year. I need new joy cons for my switch. OLED. So I could spend $80 on joy cons, which is ludicrous or I could spend $300 on a new switch, which is also ludicrous. That I don't play in handheld very often. Hmm. It's a tough question, but uh, I'll let you know. I'm playing on an OLED screen anyway. That's true, um, yeah. Yeah, but all right, Justin, it's time. We've been dancing around the issue for probably as long as we've had a podcast. Yeah, we did, yeah. NFTs, we, you heard yep. of these things? Uh, Not for Troy Baker. <laughs> That's pretty good. For me, it's no fucking thanks. Um, <laughs> The only NFTs I'm concerned about are new fun twists on Survivor. Ooh, um, oh my, that was a good one. Thank you. That is uh, John Cochran. He uh, won Survivor Fans vs. Favorites 2. Um, he is on Twitter and very funny. Um, But NFTs are basically... All right, here we go. Okay. I, if, <laughs> not, the thing is, you read these, it's like a buzzword. It's like you're reading a foreign language, you know what I mean? Right. So the idea of an NFT is what if there was digital scarcity... And the, in the same way that there is scarcity in real life. So when you go to buy, I don't know, when you go and buy a PlayStation 5, you, the one that you have in your hands is yours. And there is none other, there is no other PlayStation 5 that is exactly the same as the one that you have. Now, people took a look at online purchases, right? Let's talk about, let's say like uh, a skin in Fortnite. There's that Spider-Man skin in Fortnite. People are saying, well, hold on. My Spider-Man skin in Fortnite is essentially the exact same as your Spider-Man skin in Fortnite. I don't want that. I want this to be mine. And so I don't know who made NFTs. I don't know who was behind this. Was it Elon Musk? Is it Jeff Bezos? Direct me to them. I'd like to speak to them because it's all I fucking see anymore. <laughs> um, but they, uh, the idea of an NFT is like, okay, you have a digital receipt saying that the one that you have is yours in the same way that the one that the PlayStation 5 you have in your house is yours. That is what an NFT is, to my understanding. Now, it's kind of stupid, because why do we need to create artificial digital scarcity um, in this way? We can already sort of do that by saying, we're only selling 500 Spider-Man skins in Fortnite. Come get it. But it is this weird level of ownership that people want over these digital items that has caused NFTs to be such a big thing. Additionally, uh, in video games, there's a lot of people who don't really understand how making video games work, 
uh, as if I do. But um, I know how they don't work. <laughs> How's that? And uh, Mike Shindona from Lincoln Park decided to say, hey, here's what's really cool about NFTs. You buy a skin in Valorant, it's going to copy right over to Call of Duty, which is going to copy right over to Fortnite, which is going to copy right over to Apex Legends. Uh, that's not how it works. You can't just bring assets over from different games into different engines into different studios um without having it be a monumental amount of work for developers uh, who are going to have to stay on top of every single nft purchase it just doesn't work like that troy baker we know him we love him in such uh, a, a voice actor in such classic titles such as the last of us uh he was enchanted in uh, uh, Sam Drake in Uncharted 4. He was Pagan Min in Far Cry 4. He was uh, the guy Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. Snow from Final Fantasy 13. The man gets a lot of work. The Joker in Arkham. He gets around. He gets around. The, the newest Arkham games. Yeah. Uh, after after uh, Luke, not Luke, Mark Hamill <laughs> decided that he didn't want to do that anymore. The man tweeted an image of himself as like a little chibi character and behind him it says Troy Baker and it says this. I'm partnering with Voiceverse NFT to explore ways where together we might bring new tools to new creators to make new things and allow everyone a chance to, to own and invest in the IPs they create. We all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What'll it be? Uh, he has... I mean, just been beaten to death in the quote retweets here. <laughs> uh, this tweet has 334 re uh, 343 retweets, 2,477 likes, and 12,000 <laughs> quote tweets. And each quote tweet is like, look at this buffoon peddling this stupid thing that doesn't make any sense. Um, that is horrible for the environment because of the amount of uh, energy it takes to, to create and to support uh, and the company that he's using, Voice Verse NFT, I believe they are um, they they are looking to create also like artificial voice acting and stuff, which is going to put him out of a job if that is to take off in the way that they want it to go. It's just it's foolish. All of that said, Justin, what do you think of all this? All right, this might be controversial. No, oh. um, I think part of the problem with NFTs is that people don't understand what NFTs are. And that goes both people who are commenting on stories like this, but also people who are creating NFTs for video games. Like we're going to put yep. NFTs in video games. It's anger and it's anger and buzz around a buzzword that people are just taking advantage of. People are talking about NFTs. People want NFTs. People don't want NFTs. People are vocal about NFTs. And I think people are just un don't know what any of this stuff is going to be in 10 years. People have called it a pyramid scheme because like it's a cre it's a bubble that we're creating with what value is and what worth is. Yeah. But I want to kind of take it back to a world where the internet and how the internet is used has created a difficult place for people to own content. It is difficult to say who owns this and who owns that. Who is the one, if you have a picture that you put online, who owns that picture? 
How do you know someone owns that picture? If you make right. a video, an asset of something, who owns that video? Is it YouTube? Is it you? Is it the creator? Is it like, how do you create ownership for stuff in a digital era? And I think that's really part of the, the reason why things like NFTs have become popular um, yeah. because trying to make something that you can physically own, I think is always important. And the internet has made it harder to own things and harder to say you own this versus I own that. If I take an asset that you make and I add something to it, does that mean I own it because I made it? But you're the one who made it initially and I just edited right. what you had. So I think really that part of this conversation starts with the internet and digital ownership is changing and we don't have answers to this kind of stuff. And I think if you look at Supreme Court cases and how governments try to regulate this stuff, they're trying to avoid this as much as they can because how do you regulate this? Right. So I think the idea of NFTs, I think, makes sense. But the problem that becomes with NFTs are when people try to profit off of NFTs or they're they're using this to just, you know, try to like make an extra buck or something like that. Yeah. Um and uh, I think there's some cool ideas. Like, I think this thing that Troy Baker is talking about um, is interesting. It's basically, what what basically it does, it's a way for people to automate text-to-speech. And I understand how, from a voice actor's perspective, that is potentially problematic for having voice actors out of work. But it also gives potentially voice actors ownership of their voice. They're, they're the ones who could own their voice. Sure. And I also think one of his arguments in his responses was that it allows smaller companies who might not normally be able to afford a Troy Baker to have access to Troy Baker if they buy the NFT. And again, I, that could be potentially uh, difficult or complicated with you know how your voice gets out there and if you basically have a computer that can automate your voice and sound like you're just having a conversation like that's scary the scary but, yeah but that's also technology that's being made and right. having a way to be able to own your voice and have that potential i think is an important thing um but i think is that like is that even nft though isn't that just like owning text-to-speech algorithms is that what an nft is generally or is it just the fact that nft has been bundled with whatever things are and this buzzword is the thing that people are the most mad at well i think i think that's probably what it is unfortunately i don't know enough necessarily about specifically the company that he's partnered with uh like i said i know that they do the automated thing and, and i spoke about that uh, but i don't know enough about how they are planning on implementing that i would say that yes that nft thing is a buzzword there but um you don't need to necessarily, I think, to my understanding, you don't need to rely on an NFT to have a to have ownership over your voice, over your likeness. But when it's digital, uh, it's fair. And, I'm, and, I'm, not, and, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that's where it gets complicated. And again, yes. I'm not saying here that I think NFTs are a good thing um, uh, or anything like that. But I think NFTs are a reaction to what the internet has become and trying to own this kind of stuff and people wanting to have a piece of content and own content and be a part of that. Just like people can collect art or people can collect it, really anything. Um, yeah. It's just another thing that's come up about it. And I think part of this is that we don't know what the actual market is for this stuff. Like, is this going to be something that we can do anything with? I, you know, I, I think that stuff gets confusing. But again, when people are mad at Troy Baker, I think they're mad at a lot of the, they're mad at the buzzword. 
but I think other people are mad at what the product is. And it's just not like, it's not just NFTs that we should be upset about. You know what right. I mean? Like it's more than that. And I want to go back to talking about stalker too. Cause remember they had that thing. They're going to have their metaverse with NFTs in there. Yeah. And then, and then they then pulled immediately back on walked it. it back. Yeah. This is an article from Eurogamer by Ed Nightingale called Stalker 2 to include metaverse of NFTs. In the original story, they were reporting on what Stalker 2 wanted to do with NFTs. And essentially, uh, they say, uh, and I quote, uh, the first, uh, the, the game will use blockchain technology to let the community own a piece of Stalker 2. As user, users register for in-game item drops, that will evolve into a new gaming feature built on top of Stalker 2. Um, the idea of the related NFT is to give the right to recreate its owner's identity within the game through one of the NPCs. The person will need to come into our studio for a detailed scanning procedure, and after that, we will have everything to make this person appear in the game world as one of the characters. So when I hear that, that sounds like an interesting option, that you can pay for the opportunity to have yourself scanned and put into a video game. Yeah. But then, like, that seems like if they advertised that, would people have been mad at that? <laughs> Or is it because they said, this is an NFT? NFT, yeah. Like, it just gets confusing. And, like, when people are upset about things like NFTs, I think it's because they hear that word and that just negativity sparks off. But also, I think game companies like Stalker 2 are using NFTs because I think it's a way to get people talking about uh, interested in, like, doing kind of stuff. So I just think it comes back to the idea that no one knows what NFTs are. Yes, Yes. And people are trying to use it. Um, another another uh, thing, Peter Molyneux from the creator of Fable. <laughs> Fable, yeah. Um, Spore. Yeah, Spore and all that other stuff. Uh, he's actually, um, this is also by Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer. Um, he is creating a blockchain business simulator. Um, and I want you to listen to this description and tell me if this makes any fucking sense to you. <laughs> In the game, okay. players will be able to take to will be able to own a land NFT to start your own in-game blockchain business association. They'll also have access to legacy keys that can be lent to others to start an in-game business and become partners. Profits of legacy coin will then be shared. Legacy coin is a new cryptocurrency on the Ethereum blockchain and will be earned through various competitive events. Legacy is a game that leverages player ownership, play to earn, lend to earn, highly functional NFTs, and a truly unique community community driven economy. And this is just the beginning. Reads the post. What? Okay, so you you he said a buzzword. He said the buzzword that a lot of companies have been using. Square Enix is doing it. They said this recently. Uh, um, I'm trying to remember. There were a handful of others. Play to earn. <laughs> It like that like makes me feel so fucking gross. Like play to earn. I play video games to relax and and to like experience art, right? The idea of playing games to be on that fucking grind, right? To be on <laughs> to be making we're making fucking bank playing <laughs> Anacrusis or whatever. Oh God. Like it's nothing, right? It, that is not. I think. I think that is a misunderstanding of what people like about video games. I think it's a misunderstanding of the art form. The idea of the reason we play games, obviously, different people 
do it for different reasons, but at the end of the day, it comes back to because it is art and it is interesting to us and it makes us feel things, right? Whether that's satisfaction through a fun loop, whether that's um, emotion, an emotional connection to a story or a character or what, right? The, the idea of a video game is the same as it's an art form. It makes you feel something. The idea of it also turning into this thing where companies are like, we want you to be a part of making this game so that you can earn money from it, like real life money, or I guess it's fake money because it's all crypto. Uh, if, by fake, I mean just like not necessarily 100% cash, like United States currency um, or whatever, wherever you live currency. It's just, it's, it's makes me feel so gross that it, that, that might be what these major studios are wanting out of their games. And I don't know. I know that that's just my personal feelings about it. And I know that, you know, other people are fine to have their own opinions and, and maybe that's what they do want. Maybe they do want to be, you know, mining whatever currency and stock or two or whatever. But yeah, just I, think not. One, I, 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 I see your point, but I think like one of the things like with video games that I often say is that sometimes I feel like it's, I, <sighs> I love video games as a way to relax and do this kind of stuff, but sometimes I feel like video games just don't like when you when you play them, you're you're potentially just wasting time. Like sometimes getting a platinum, what does a platinum get you? Just satisfaction. The satisfaction, because I, I there are several platinums I've gotten that I've been furious while I was trying to get those, and I feel like I have to just complete them to do whatever. But sure. what if you tie a platinum to a physical item or something that you can earn or get that gives you something from that? So if you're playing a video game and then instead of just grinding to get to level 100 to get a platinum or whatever it is, you're grinding to get some sort of currency or get paid for it or get some kind of money that it becomes something that your work is paying off not only in the virtual world but in the physical world too by getting something. I, I guess. Like I see what you mean but but – that is the you can say that about any hobby, right? True. What do you get out of reading a book? Nothing. You read it. You you've read it. What if you made money while you were reading that book? Well, yeah, I guess. But that doesn't <laughs> where is that money coming from? From who? About what? What are you selling? You know what I mean? Like like I I I, I do see what you mean. But at the end of the day, I think you could say, well, what if you made money doing while you're doing it about anything? Um Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and like yeah, that would be nice, I guess. Yeah, if I if I got twenty dollars every time I did a pl- I got a platinum trophy, I'd probably have more of those. Oh, um, absolutely! But it would I'd, just be for all of those. Like I'd, I'd get my name is Mayo on everything I could. That's possibly what I mean. Purchase. It would be my name is Mayo and some of those visual novels that you can put on a hundred times speed and just like <laughs> unlock all the plat- the trophies and whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know if that like uh, Keanu Reeves said something really pertinent about uh all of this where he said he was interviewed by someone did you have you seen this no i'm just laughing because anytime keanu reeves can like solve a problem it makes me feel good inside this might have been in that same interview where people where where someone said like have you heard that people are having sex with you in cyberpunk 2077 and he was like i have i have not but i think that's very cool (laughs) like that's like that's funny right i think it might have been that same interview where someone asked him about like well what do you think about all this nfts and and digital scarcity whatever and he sort of laughed and and he said like the point of art is not ownership, it's experience or something like that. And I, and I think that's very poignant, right? Yeah, at the end of the day, when you we take a second and take a step back and say, what did I get out of playing this video game? Nothing. 
nothing tangible, right? I, I played a video game, nothing. I sat down. But it's art. And the point of art is to be experienced. And yeah, you can own art. Like that's how you play a video game. You own the game, right? Or you, I bought a painting. But people who truly enjoy art aren't just having it to have it. It's not about ownership for people who are going to want to experience art. It's about experiencing it, right? And yeah, you might want to own this video game. Like, for example, I don't own Jedi Fallen Order, but I played it because my brother had it and he lent it to me. If it was, but I, but I experienced it and I got a, I had an emotional reaction to it and I felt things with it, right? If it were solely about ownership to me, then I would have just bought the game. Does that make sense? I, like, I feel like I'm talking in circles a little bit. And I also think some of this comes from the fact that not only do I not have the most solid understanding of things like NFTs and the blockchain and whatever, but the fact that no one really does. And sometimes people say, oh, we're using the blockchain for this. And I'm like, I, that's not to my understanding what it's for. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. That's that's just how I feel about it. Well, I think that's interesting too. And I, I think what you say about art and what Keanu Reeves, that quote was, I think is great. Um, as someone who likes the arts, but also constantly sees how arts lose funding yeah. arts lose uh, people all the time because it's not necessarily a profitable business um if you can do something to mix art with business in a way that makes art more profitable than i don't know sports or whatever it is yeah, right yeah, like, yeah. i think that's only that that's interesting and again i'm not saying i, I don't want to make an argument here that i think nfts uh cryptocurrency is a good thing i think my standing on this stuff is i don't understand it well enough um, to fear it yet or to vilify it yet because, yeah. you know, this goes back to, like, anything. Like, when the Internet first came out, I'm sure people were afraid about what the Internet would do, um, yeah. and people were skeptics about what it could be, and some people were, like, you know, deathly against the Internet and what that could bring. I just don't understand it, and um, I think uh, I am open to seeing how this can change games, and I think video games will change semi in the next 20 years think about how different they were 20 years ago from now to what they have now with microtransactions internet uh freaking battle royale you know like all this kind of stuff yeah. that have just you know games evolve and things change all the time um i think there could be interesting ways to put yourself in video games there could be interesting ways to change what video games can be um but you know i think just to classify stuff as nfts this is an nft we're putting nfts in video games I think that's the scary part. It should just be like we're trying to create new experiences and yeah. that kind of thing. But And I agree with you from what you said before, by the way, um, about like, you know, NFTs seem to be on the surface a solution to understanding ownership on the Internet as digital ownership is sort of sketchy and, and sort of all over the place. And that I think governments have absolutely no interest in figuring out how to deal with that because they just don't understand it because typically – you look at the skew for the ages of our representatives and whatever, and they all typically tend to skew older to the point where it's like, well, they probably not just to generalize, probably aren't going to have a great grasp on a lot of these basic concepts. So understanding this weird one is going to be kind of too much. But, um, I do think that one of the big reasons why people are so far against NFTs other than, the things that we sort of talked about is its environmental impact, uh, as it, they 
require a lot of, to my understanding, they require a lot of energy to keep, to use and, 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 um, with their incorporation with things like cryptocurrency, those things take a lot of energy to use, which we have sort of an energy problem in the world at the moment in terms of how things are powered and whatnot. I also don't, I'm as I'm sure it's very obvious from the way I'm saying all of this, it's very obvious that I don't have a phenomenal grasp on that stuff either. Um, but to my understanding, that's why people are, are one of the reasons why people are so against uh, NFTs and, and like things like the blockchain and cryptocurrency and, and all that sort of stuff. <sighs> the world we live in. And it's so funny because like the impact of new innovations that seem useful and great in the moment ultimately may lead to other problems that we have to solve in the future. Just think of any like impact and that uh, industrialization has on the world and the environment and stuff like that. We saw yeah. one problem that can make our life more convenient and easier, but in the long run, it makes other things more complicated. Um, I, you know, let's go back to the creation of cars like that. I think people can look at that as being a problematic invention yeah. in terms of its impact on the world, but like what it does to make our lives more convenient and better and, and things like that, I think is that's a interesting conversation Would the world be a better place without, that cars or would the world be a better place without that invention? I don't know. Um, but I think going back to NFTs too, I think the, the future of this is just so unknown and what the ultimate impact on society, on the world, on everything, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, but I just think it's weird that video games, NFTs have become the thing. This the thing, right? Yeah. It's so wild. Yeah. It's just nuts. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, <laughs> Troy Baker is just another person who's who's saying, hey, I think this technology is kind of cool. Right. And that's fine that that's his opinion. You can disagree. You can not whatever. But I also think that, as you said, it is sort of a buzzword for marketing. It's also sort of a buzzword for dunking <laughs> like people love to. <laughs> I mean, and this is just a problem with like Twitter and the Internet in general of people being like, well, I'm very smart because I think this thing that everyone agrees is bad is actually bad. Wait, are you saying um, gamers like to dunk on things? Um, you know what? I'm going to go on record and say yes. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say that the gamers by and large love to feel <laughs> like they're smarter than other people. Huh. As a lot of people are, as a lot of people do. Um, sorry, the gamers. But uh yeah. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for listening to our show. We truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts on any of this, if you want to actually, I don't want to hear anything about NFTs more than I already do. My email, my inbox is just full of studio of small studios and whatever being like, check out our NFT game. I am not going to do uh, that. Remember, remember that Blanco's block party? no it's like a game that was announced uh during e3 that was like a free thing that's basically like your your little like yes yeah yep. that was that was i think maybe my first time of seeing that integration with video games yeah, and being I, like, I am okay. actually as of now i just understood that the block party means oh, blockchain see oh that's kind of fun yeah, yeah. Well, it's not fun it's clever well, the clever game's not fun play. but uh yeah playing words is fun well uh, if you have any thoughts about any of this other than the NFT stuff, please. I'm so tired of hearing about it. No, I mean, if, uh, if, if what we're saying is wrong, I would like to hear, like, you know, us. like, correct yeah, us if yeah, we're incorrect. Correct us or, or add to the that, that conversation positively and productively, dear listener. Justin, that is exactly 
what I should have said. If you have if you have positive, productive conversation topics, thoughts, any of this, uh, I'm sure we said something that was inaccurate just because of how uh, winding these things can be, how <laughs> complicated they are. Uh, let us know on Twitter through a DM or just tweet at us at hitboxpod, or you can send us an email at hitboxofficialpodcast at gmail.com. That's if you have thoughts about this whole NFT situation, if you have thoughts about the Xbox One being retired, the PS4 being rehired, and the PS Now being fired. Uh, <laughs> we're going to NFT to, to, to keep that title for us. That'll be awesome. Yeah, we'll we're actually that. partnering with a blockchain website so that we can, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing anything here? Uh, oh, uh, uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever your your uh, platform of choice is, give us a follow, give us a rating. Spotify allows you to do that now. It'd be very cool if you would do that for us. Uh, it would make my heart very happy. It takes three seconds to do. Um, that's all. That's all I got. What? Anything? Am I forgetting anything, Justin? Uh, no, I think you got everything perfectly, and the world is going to be a great place if you just smile through it. That's true. And you know what, Justin? The world ends with you. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Neo Twewi. Always remember, old games are old. And cover your damn nose. Yes. Goodbye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>